Hello, everyone. So this is the first in a series of extra podcast content that we're going to be bringing to you that slots in in between the main monthly podcasts that run along as companions um, to the magazine each month. Yeah, you look a bit cold, Joe. Have you been somewhere exciting? I've exciting, yes. Uh, also, a few miles south of the uh, North Pole. Actually, I've been to Argeplog in Sweden with Rolls Royce. Oh. Yeah. Who have you been speaking to there? Uh, well, uh, we've, we were there to uh, take a passenger ride in a very early prototype of their first ever electric car, the Spectre. Oh, good but name. The Spectre, very good name. I think they're running out of sort of ghoulish nameplates. We had this specific conversation over dinner. Um, but the coolest bit of the trip was we got to hang out with the, the boss of the company, the CEO, Torsten Muller-Otvoss, for a couple of days in our big skiing jackets and uh, huddled around a fire. But... Um, I managed to basically uh, grab him and uh, sit him down and talk to him for 10, 15 minutes, not long, but about the fact that he's transitioning the company into this electric future and it's Rolls Royce. So it's interesting the way that they're approaching it differently to everyone else. Wait, we gave you microphones to play with. I'm assuming that the audio quality is pitch perfect. Yes, there was a very awkward moment as I basically got this equipment out of my bag I'd never used before and then fumbled around setting it up in front of the CEO of Rolls Royce. But... Hopefully I got it to work. I think there's a few little hiccups on the audio, so do bear with me. But um, here we go. Have yeah. a listen. Let's see what he has to say. I'm here with Torsten Muller, our CEO of Rolls-Royce. We're um, just overlooking this incredible ice lake in Argeplog, um, which actually is looking a little bit melty because there's been some unseasonally... Unseasonable warm temperatures. Unseasonable warm temperatures. Here. <laughs> yes, so we're working with it, and we're here to drive, um, or be driven in, I should say, a very early prototype of the Spectre, which is the first ever um, electric Rolls-Royce, which is massively exciting. This is incredible access. We don't uh, normally get to see cars this early on. It's not going to be launched until Q4 2023. So we're very privileged to be here. And I've just got a few um, questions I'd like to fire at you, if that's all right, Torsten. Of course, please, Jake. Go ahead. Now, so you've done several electric concepts in the past. Right. Uh, 101 EX, 103 EX, that was 2016. Clearly, you've been thinking about electric cars for a long time. Um, and to be honest, if there's one brand in the world where electric power suits it down to the ground, it's Rolls-Royce. Silent, quiet, effortless power, all of this. So my question is this, why haven't you done an electric car sooner? I mean, electric is sort of in our genes as Rolls-Royce motor cars. It started already with Sir Henry Royce uh, being an electric engineer and being fond of uh, electric engines in itself. Then uh, later Charles Rhodes made a, I must say, stunning prophecy 100 years ago where he said uh, electric cars are basically the ideal way to move and uh, to travel. Silent, uh, as you say, clean. And uh, But he also predicted that it will take probably a long, long time until charging network is available and batteries. There's and a lovely capacity. quote. Yeah. yeah, a lovely quote you showed us yesterday <coughs> where he said, look, this is a great technology yeah. if you can have charging stations at regular intervals. Here we go. And we're still battling with that a bit today. Absolutely. And that was, <clears throat> I mean, 100 years ago. yeah. And uh, now, 100 years later, we are on it. And coming back to your question, why haven't we done it earlier? 
I think we have looked very carefully into it. We have tested with that uh, one-off electric phantom uh, the entire market worldwide. We have seen clients behind the wheel. We have seen you and your colleagues behind the wheel all over the world and uh, stunning feedback, rightly so. As you pointed out, it fits perfect to the brand. That was also the quote from our clients very often. But at that time, range and charging time were not seen as being really sufficient and up to, uh, up to acceptable levels. And I think we, <clears throat> we took our time for good reasons because we said we want uh, uh, the battery uh, and its technology to be at levels uh, that it's appropriate for Rolls-Royce. We want range, we want charging time at levels that it's appropriate for Rolls-Royce. And I think, now, hang on, we are the first ones in the luxury segment and we go live uh, end 2023 and we are the very, very first ones offering a full electric luxury supercar. And to be fair, you did say I will bring a full electric Rolls-Royce in this decade, and you're delivering it in the third year of this decade. So credit where credit's due. It's, that's early in the decade that, it, that yeah, it's coming. Thanks for it. Thanks for it. And, and, and I mean, um, what is also probably quite important that uh, we always set the priorities right. We said it first needs to be a Rolls-Royce, yeah? And then second come the electric drivetrain, mm -hmm. and not the other way around. First it needs to be an electric car, and second comes the Rolls-Royce. It will be a great Rolls-Royce that fully deserves its nameplate and all the insignias of a Rolls-Royce. <laughs> you actually, you mentioned there that, you know, perhaps five, even, yeah, five years ago, the, the technology wasn't quite there, the batteries were a bit big, the range wasn't good enough, especially, you know, 10, 14 <coughs> years ago when you did the the concepts. Um, so can you tell us what the power and the range of the Spectre's gonna be? And more importantly, is range actually a sticking point for your customers? I mean, we are not talking here today for that reason. Watch this space, please, Jack. We are not talking any technical details. So we gave you the chance to, yeah, to feel it for the very first time. And uh, as we pointed out, it's the sixth prototype mm. we have built. So it's in very early, unrefined stages. Uh, we said even it's uh, a kind of 25% ready to go Rolls-Royce, so lots of work still to be done. And um, yeah, I think um, that's uh, how it is. And range is obviously something that is relevant to a certain extent. On the other side, we also need to see that our clients are different in the way how they use cars. They are multiple owners, have big garages, many cars in. Many of them already own a, an electric car. Interesting. Uh, very positive towards uh, electric drivetrains. And for them, it's clear this is uh, the future. Make no error. And uh, when it comes to how they use cars, they mainly use cars going into cities, outside of cities, um, commuting around cities. So it's rarely that you see long, long distance drives, London, Edinburgh or whatever. Mm. And all of them have charging stations at home, charging uh, available uh, in their office buildings. So for that reason, I think we're going to deliver what I would call sufficient range. Mm. And uh, uh, I think that range will be sufficient for our clients and their use cases. And uh, I'm not worried about them not being able to charge their cars. Yeah. And this, this idea that they might hop into their Rolls Royce and drive to their 
villa in the south of France on a whim. It just doesn't really happen. I mean, we we were having an interesting conversation. They would probably get a plane or they might send their car ahead of them or there's lots of other yeah, ways they do it. That's normally how, how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they hop on a plane when it's really a long drive, London, Saint-Tropez or whatever, they hop on a plane. And if they want their car down there in Saint-Tropez, the car sits on a truck and is transported down to southern France. <laughs> exactly. So... Why uh, why do a coupe fastback as your first EV? I mean, logic would dictate that you go for whichever model is selling the most, whether that's the Ghost or the Cullinan, I'm not sure, but um, and just electrify that one. Why why go with what might be seen as a more niche body style for your first EV? I mean, first of all, for us, it's a seminal moment. Yeah, we go electric for the very very first time, and we thought this deserves a truly emotional body car concept and um, we always had fond memories about our phantom coupe you remember that a rare beautiful, car beautiful rare, rare car. how many did you build a few, a few i think a couple of hundreds yeah, we built yeah, yeah. and uh, but it was not so much about the volume it was more for us about that grandezza and uh, that highly inspiring body shape and uh, that led us to that view that this is probably the right thing to go uh, for our first electric car. We also uh, wanted to bring back split uh, uh, headlights, uh, something that sits deeply in the genes of Rolls-Royce motor cars when you hark back in history and when you see all the cars. And the very first Phantoms also carried split uh, headlights. So all this together then um, yeah, ended up in what you have seen, what Spectre is now all about. Quite a stunning, impressive car. Uh, um, and um, when you see it then in full flesh one day, yeah, camouflage off, it is spectacular. And I think the first electric Rolls-Royce deserves a spectacular concept. Well, yeah, I mean, we got a chance to see the prototype yesterday. It's big. You talk about it being a Phantom Coupe spiritual successor more than a uh, replacement for the Wraith or anything like that. And I can, yeah, I can, I can say it's big. It's got presence. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic proportioned car. Um, and also, you know, the fact that you've chosen a coupe body style first, um, you've also said that Rolls-Royce is going to be all electric by 2030. Um, so uh, so replacements for Ghost, Phantom, Cullinan will all be electric. I'm just, I'm just following, following my yeah. logical yeah, thought yeah. process yeah. here. Yeah. I suppose the question for me is, do you, keep, do you keep name badges and the shapes broadly similar or do you start playing around because electric <laughs> platforms give you different proportions to play with? Honest, Jack, we are on it. Uh, there is uh, no need to keep certain nameplates uh, uh, as a kind of automatism in the future. The brand is well known for reinventing itself uh, when it came to naming over time. We will probably always carry Phantom. Phantom is part of our brand uh, in the genes. But let's see what happens. And you're, you're right, we will electrify the entire model range. Rightly so, and by 2030, all Rolls Royces are full electric. We're gonna sell our last combustion engine, 12 cylinder, 
I mean, I love the 12-cylinder, oh. don't get me wrong. Uh, it will be for quite a while still with us in the market. So we decided carefully for a so-called transition strategy. So it's not black and white. Yes, mm -hmm. combustion, tomorrow only electric. It is a transitional phase over many years. And uh, for that reason, I think we are well set for uh, going full electric by 2030. And just to finish off then, you uh, 2021, you announced your highest annual sales figures ever, so just over five and a half thousand cars sold. Um, how far do you want to go? Um, at what point does a Rolls-Royce stop hmm. becoming exclusive, but and yet the lure of higher profits and bigger volumes is always there? Yeah, I think um, it's not really only about volume, it is about also uh, how able are you to serve your clients worldwide and we are probably the most mm. client-centric company and um, the reason for that is also that we have let's say a certain size and currently as you pointed out five and a half thousand cars that might go up uh, over the next uh, years slightly I don't foresee us going into five-digit numbers. Uh, we are also not in to lower our price position, Jack. That's definitely not the way what we would do. And uh, we keep the brand rare. We keep the brand very exclusive, high-priced, proudly high-priced. And uh, uh, for that reason, I don't foresee now an explosion in volume. And that's also the last thing our clients want to see. And me personally, I think the bigger you are as a company, the less probably client-centric you can be in terms of really knowing your clients, being in daily contact with your clients. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know as an organization, seriously, every single client. Not me in person, but my organization knows every single client. And it's a kind of family feel when you join the brand. And I think these kind of family feel we want to maintain. And for that reason, we are, there's no appetite to grow into, let's say, unreasonable volume levels. I mean, it would be easy to say, ah, oh, let's lower the price position just for the pure sake of volume. Crazy. This would dilute the brand, not us. Torsten, your birthday parties must be insane with five and a half thousand guests, all your, your close <laughs> friends and clients invited along. But um, it's honestly, it's been um, it's been great. Thank you for having us down here. It's been great talking to you. No, great that you made it here and uh, to join us here for winter testing Spectre. For yeah. me, it's also a great moment in time. Obviously, yeah. Now I would say let's go and do some ice skating, but good. I'm uh, not sure the lake's ready for looks it. Looks a little bit too warm. Yeah. <laughs> The CEO of Rolls-Royce there, an annoyingly stylish man. No idea how old he is. He's got that perfect um, white fox hair, slick back, wears a polo neck, made me look shabby. Ah, oh, not that you're looking in a mirror. <laughs> but anyway, I'll tell you what, John, they, I, they're going to sell all of those, aren't they? Yeah. If, they, if, you know, if the Cullen is the biggest seller currently, and that's the controversial one, when the market's going all EV yeah. and Rolls-Royce make an EV. Yeah. They're Not good. least because from my brief experience sitting in that car, it feels exactly like a Rolls-Royce. You know, you can't hear the V12 in a Rolls-Royce. They've spent years getting rid of any powertrain or wind noise or road noise, and this just kind of perfects where they were heading anyway. So I'm super excited about it. Yeah. You know, that's an EV I can get on board with. <laughs> quite easily. There's is not it, many that I could get involved with. But before we go, remember to check out topgear.com for car news, reviews, and anything else we can find floating around on the internet. 
Um, and if you haven't already subscribed to the pod, make sure you do so, so you don't miss an episode. And, you know, we're across all of the other channels as well, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and they're all in our show notes if you check those out. And if you really fancy getting the magazine, that's available in the show notes, but, you know, pick it up. You'll see everything that we've talked about in this uh, edition and more, but in print form. Yes, it's, it's a new fangled thing. Check it out. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See ya.